You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 123. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in this session, we're going to be talking about the role of the PMO in strategic planning. What is the role of the PMO in strategic planning? Is there one? If you lead a PMO, do you participate in your organization's strategic planning process? Should you? In this discussion, we're going to explore why the PMO leader should be at the table for the organization's strategic planning process and what that contribution might look like. This episode is sponsored by University of Maryland's Virtual Project Management Symposium, taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. Join me and project management professionals from all over the U.S. and across the globe to share project management knowledge and experiences. Now, there are four keynote speakers, including my session on Is the PMO Dead or Not?, 55 individual sessions across five concurrent tracks on all the trending topics. Now, here's why you want to make sure that you attend this event. Previous participants have said that they have gained valuable insights that they can implement right away. The topics were diverse and quite interesting. You are going to learn and sharpen your project management skills. The price is fantastic. And you can earn tons of PDUs while having a really great project management experience building your impact driver skills. Now, go register today at pmsymposium.umd.edu, and I cannot wait to see you there. That's pmsymposium.umd.edu. I can't wait to see you there. Now with me today is John Cable. He is the founder and executive director of the Project Management Center of Excellence, as well as a licensed architect and general contractor with over 40 years experience. Since joining the Clark School of Engineering at the University of Maryland in the fall of 1999, John initiated the graduate program in project management, so cool, two undergraduate minors, and the Center of Excellence in Project Management. He is widely sought after for his seminars and workshops on a variety of project management topics. And John is also a founding member of the International Project Management Educational Union, along with Peking University and six other universities worldwide. And most importantly to me, John is a dear friend I've known for years, and he is the reason the Project Management for Change Project Management Day of Service has been so wildly successful because he participated in the first year's event. The University of Maryland was a sponsor of the first year event, and he saw the power that we were having with helping to change the world for the better through the Project Management Day of Service events. And since then, he has been our fundamental sponsor and host of the DC area project management day of service events. So John lives and breathes project management just like I do. And I'm just so honored and grateful that he's taking some time to talk to all of you impact drivers about the PMO's role in strategic planning. So John, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here with me today. I really appreciate you so much. 
Oh, you're more than welcome, Laura. It's what a pleasure. We used to have breakfast together pretty regularly and yeah. talk about solving all the world's problems. And even though we both have moved to Florida, for goodness sakes, we just <laughs> don't have that opportunity to work together that much. So I'm really excited to be with you today. And this is certainly a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I miss our breakfast. We used to get together for breakfast on a regular basis. And I do think we solved several of the world's problems in those <laughs> breakfasts. <laughs> still so many more to go. Yeah. And it's funny, we now are both in Florida almost full time and still have COVID and craziness. We haven't had a chance to get together in person for a while, but I will settle for Zoom when I can get it. So again, thank you oh, for yeah. being here. I'm really super excited to talk about this really important topic, I think, for PMO leaders, because there are so many ways that PMOs can contribute value in an organization. And one of the things that I have been encouraging is to get involved earlier in the thinking process, in the strategy development process. Because what I tell PMO leaders is that the role of the PMO is to help the organization deliver on their strategy with the highest possible return on investment they can as quickly as possible. So if that's what they're supposed to do, and that's what this PMO Impact Summit is all about, they should have a seat at the table in helping to define or walk and facilitate that strategic planning process. And so a lot of them are saying, great, but how do I do that? So that's what we're going to talk about here today. And I just want to like dive right in if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay. So let's start with the basics. What is strategic planning all about? Well, that's a good place to start because it's a fancy word, but what's it mean? Strategic planning is really an organizational leadership activity. And done properly, it's used to set the direction and the priorities for an organization. Now, here's the thing. Some organizations delegate strategic planning to a specific office. Yeah. And it certainly is fine to have staff that do a lot of the legwork that can support a strategic plan. Mm -hmm. But done properly, strategic planning is done by the most senior executives in the organization. Yeah. And it's important that they all participate actively so that they have buy-in to the plan and therefore understand the execution side. Why are we doing this? What's the vision? What are the goals? And how are right. we going to get there? Right. If they don't participate in the formulation of the strategic plan, they don't necessarily accept it mm -hmm. or they don't understand why. And right. it's important to have everybody on board. Right. And that's the thing is that sometimes, so I've seen this go really well and I've seen it go really poorly, yeah. right? Like the whole spectrum. And when it goes well, one of the things that you have is you have the business leaders at the top that are having these conversations, but they start pulling other people into them and they start sharing that strategy with others in the organization. One of the scariest things that I saw, John, a statistic recently that said 95% of the workers in an organization do not understand the organization's strategy. That's scary. That is really scary, but it explains a lot. Why is project management so hard? Why is the role of the PMO so hard? It's because people are not connected to why they're doing the work that they're doing, right? So it seems right. like if the PMO can help close that gap, that could be a big deal. So in some cases, they're doing it, but in some cases, they're not, right? That's right. And what's so really fundamental about the role that the PMO could play in strategic planning is 
they can be that bridge between yeah. the senior executives right who let's be honest by the time you're in the c suite you've really probably lost touch with the boots on the ground right and the pmo team can bring that relationship to yeah. the table yeah. for the senior executives and if you're a pmo leader the chances are you're pretty darn good at facilitating meetings and working in that kind of a collaborative environment and right. so you can play a really valuable role to be the facilitator for the executive committees that are working on the strategic plan. They don't have to hire some outside facilitator. You're the guy. Right. And you can bring that knowledge of what it takes to execute into the thinking. I just want to say the one quick example that might help you yeah. think about it. And years and years ago, I, the IBM was having difficulty changing to the advent of the personal computer and understanding what they should be doing with mm -hmm. the way the world was changing with the rapid development of the personal computer. Their leader at the time had a strategic planning session with all his executives and they figured out what they had to do. And then they put in motion a plan that the entire leadership of the organization was behind to completely change the direction of the company so that they could be competitive and survive in this new business environment. Right. One of the things, and Laura, I think you probably know this, but one of the things they did is they said, all of our projects are going to be led by project managers. Yeah. Novel concept, by the way. <laughs> Novel concept. But back then it kind of was. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, the real message is because the PMO is really in touch. They know every corner of the organization. Right. They know who does what to whom and how. They understand that culture piece. Yeah. I don't want to be repetitive, but I love the saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. So if your strategy doesn't really develop embracing the understanding of what the corporate culture is, in fact is, not yeah. what marketing says it is, but yeah. what it actually is. Yeah then you know, you're going to have a much higher chance of developing a strategic plan that sets the direction for based on the business environment that you're dealing with, Right, has full buy-in and has a chance of success right. because it embraces the culture of the corporation as it is. And I say corporation or the organization if it's a nonprofit. Yeah. So you're touching on something really important here because there's certain strengths that PMO leaders have and that they bring to the table that really can help in this situation. We talked a little bit about the role, but what are the strengths that you see that PMO leaders have that could uniquely position them to help facilitate this process? Well, the first strength is, is that they have the skills to be effectively the facilitators of the process. Yeah. That's not trivial because that's not a skill that everybody has. Right. But if you're the leader of a PMO, you're probably pretty darn good at it. The second thing is, is that as the facilitator, you can keep the focus on what are we trying to achieve? Why are we doing it? And what is the benefit to be realized by the organization? Right. We've got to really stay focused on benefit realization. Right. And I think the PMO people are really uniquely positioned to be able to do that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about portfolio management and program management and project management. Right. All of those during execution have to make trade-offs. And if the people involved in that leadership yeah. have been involved in developing the strategic plan, yeah. they know what the priorities are, how things may need to be adjusted, how the resources should be allocated right. to deliver on the strategic plan. And once again, to deliver benefit. Yeah, right. It's interesting because so sometimes you'll see that the strategy is developed often like they'll go to a strategic planning retreat back in the old days when we used to get together in person, they go together <laughs> for a strategic planning retreat, or they'll do a virtual one. And it seems to be very closed door. And then poof, out comes the strategy and it's thrown over the fence. And then that's the last time anybody at the top level is even talking about it. So that's one challenge that we see. And that plays out in a few different ways. I can't tell you the number of times that I've told project managers that it's really important that they understand the why of the project that they're doing. Why is this so important? And they'll say things like, well, that's not clear. They never did a business case, or we don't know, or how am I supposed to communicate it when I can't even get my sponsors to explain it to me? I mean, all of these big problems. And what that tells me is, that it was the off in isolation strategic planning process, if there even was one, right? And yeah. then that included these projects, but there's no real mapping from the strategy to the work that people are doing to the projects. And that, to your point, is an incredibly important place that the PMO can play a role, not only in making sure that the strategy is clear and that the business case for doing these strategic initiatives that come out of that strategy is valid and everyone understands it, but also then that everybody gets mapped to it, right? I call it being aligned from the start. You've got to be aligned right from the beginning of those projects and make sure that that stays threaded through the whole time. And that's what you're talking about here. So this is really super important. Well, Laura, it is absolutely. In fact, one of the products of a strategic plan is a strategy map. Yeah. where you're mapping the relationship of all these parts. And we really encourage organizations not to do strategic planning in a vacuum. Yeah, It should be transparent. People should know it's going on. People should right. have, have the opportunity to make suggestions and provide insight and, to that. And fundamental to all of it is understanding why. Right. What is the purpose? Why are we trying to achieve it? I'm no longer teaching, but when I did teach the fundamentals class at Maryland, one of the first modules in that course was project initiation, but the strategic planning, understanding why the project or the program exists. What Mm -hmm. is it intended to achieve? What is the benefit to the organization? Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that from the beginning, you are not likely to make decisions that are consistent with what needs to be delivered. I mean, we all know, let's face it, in any program or project, there are constant trade-offs. Yes. How do you make the trade-offs? If you don't understand the why, if you don't understand the benefit that is to be realized, how can you possibly make conscious decisions about making trade-offs, resource allocations, et cetera, So that you can get there. You're almost like playing Russian roulette if you don't understand the why. If your team has participated in the development of the why, 
Yeah. It's awesome. And what's the first step when we hear all this stuff about change management? An organization that needs change management, right? Well, maybe. Right. But the key to it, Laura, and you, you know this so well, is if you want to change anything, you have to understand why. Right. Right. Exactly. People buy in. Yeah. People buy in and they put their shoulder behind the wheel and shove. If they understand why are we doing it, it's mm -hmm. corporate survival, it's business survival, it's we've got to be in this market, et cetera. Right. right. You don't get there if you're not part of the process, if you're not transparent in the process. Mm -hmm. The head of the PMO and the PMO team really has to understand the, the benefit realization right. for the end product to be successful. I want to go back to something you said earlier, because the PMO isn't just a good facilitator in that process. And it isn't just, you're not just there to take notes. You're not just there to facilitate and write things down on the whiteboard, if you will. You're also there to provide a litmus test to the validity of some of the things they're thinking they can accomplish, right? right? That's a really important right. point that you made is that the PMO can the PMO leader can say, yeah, that's achievable or no, that's not, right? Because to your point, the senior leaders may have kind of, they might have lost touch with the boots on the ground of how long things really take. And I got to tell you, the higher up I got in the organization, the more I found myself using just, can't we just do this? You know? And yeah. it's so easy, right, to say, but it's a lot harder to do. And so when I was in corporate and I was kind of at the executive officer kind of level, I would hear myself saying, but why don't we just, and I'm go, oh, okay, I know better. I know better. I remember what it was like to actually be doing this work. It's not a just. And at the same time, you can kind of bridge that gap and find a happy medium, right? Because it's not as easy as the executives think it is, but it's also maybe there are creative ways to do it. If we can come to the table and say, yes, that we can do that. And here's what it's going to take, right? That's advice yeah. I always give my students. You don't need to say no. You can say yes. And we will need these resources to do it, or we will need to think about it this way, or you'll need to prioritize these projects. We got to put it back on our business leaders to make the decisions. And one of the things that you mentioned about with these kind of the way we're thinking about the projects and the work that we're doing and how we're making decisions, this is a really important point. You just threw that value bomb in there. And I just want to touch on it because I think it's so important. And that is that when the project teams are trying to decide this path or this path or make trade-off decisions, if they're not doing it in alignment with what the business strategy is and the, the reason, the why they're doing that work, right. they're going to default to doing it based on tightly managing that triple constraint, that triangle, right? The time, scope, and cost. And they may make the wrong decision, right? right. Because as project team members and project managers, many of us were raised that on time, on scope, on budget means that the project's successful. And that's not necessarily the case when you look at it in terms of the business perspective. It may be that you're doing an initiative where the market has shifted or a competitor is getting to the market faster than you or something going on with the economy. I don't know, a global pandemic. I don't know, the kinds of things change our environment, right? And so you could be in a situation where on time, on scope, on budget may not be the right answer. But if you understand the why, if you understand the business case, you might be able to say, you know what? I can achieve this goal for you if we add this much to the budget or you want to make this change? Yes, we can do that. And 
we will need to shift some resources around, or we will need to pull something else out of the scope or something like that. Instead, what happens is project managers and project teams say, no, we can't do that and close down the conversation because they don't really connect with why this is so important to do in the first place. So then the project goes live on time, on scope, on budget, and nobody uses it because it wasn't the first to the market, or they can't get the user base, or it doesn't solve the business problem it was intended to solve, right? Well, Laura, that reminds me, if I might share a, a, a quick story. Back in the day when I used to do some management consulting, a major client engaged me to do a project And we had our kickoff meeting with their board of directors. And I just said to them, and you should have seen the looks on their faces. I said, traditionally, we try to deliver a project on time within the budget and on the schedule scope time money. Right. And I said, which of those is most important to you? They're like, well, what do you mean? They're all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But what's the driver? Yeah. When push comes to shove, what's most important? Is it to stay in the budget? Is it to deliver in the time you've asked? Is there any flex on quality? Right. What are the most important things to you? Mm -hmm. And that started a fairly lengthy discussion. And these people, senior executives, were not used to having to make those trade-offs at the beginning. Yeah. And finally, they said, well, sir, we've tried to do this several times and failed. So what's most important to us is that the project is finished and it's of high quality. Mm. And I say, so if it takes a little longer than we think, that's okay as long as it's delivered. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so we started right from the beginning with a shared understanding what in this particular project was most important to the customer was that it be done and be of good quality. Mm-hmm. And while they wanted it to be within a budget and they wanted it to be in a certain time schedule, they were willing to let those things slide if it meant delivering successfully the end objective, the benefit realization that right. they were striving for. Right. And that's just one of many, many examples where you have to do that. And so how do you use a strategic plan? Well, a strategic plan is not a document that is created and goes on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Never to be seen again, right? <laughs> It's it's a live living document. It's used to create, to communicate with all stakeholders, not just some. It provides a direction. It it articulates the vision, the goals, the objectives, and sets the priorities. And here's the other thing it does that's terribly important. It clearly defines success. Exactly. We have to know from the beginning how we define success. Right. And as the world changes, as the market changes, as the technology changes or whatever it is, that plan must might need to be adjusted. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, once again, if it's adjusted transparently with the buy-in of the key stakeholders, then you're bringing everybody along together. Yeah. And so using the document as a communications tool is a fundamental part of using a strategic plan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I recommend right in the portfolio management process. So absolutely. PMO leader, PMO team should be involved in the strategic planning process, help facilitate the creation, make sure that it gets documented in a way that can be communicated to everybody. And then you take those strategic plan goals turn those into the initiatives, map it directly, right? Here's the thing. You've got to map directly the projects that you're doing to those strategic goals, because that's the beginning of that thread of alignment that has to run through the entire process. So we've got to map it directly there. And then on the portfolio, like I suggest in the portfolio management process, each one of the projects has, you know, there's like a column for what's the strategic goal that this is aligned to, right? And if it's not, then why are we doing it in the first place? Did we miss something in the strategic planning process? Or of course you can also have like operational activities, but they still should be a part of your objective of making sure that you keep the engines running for your organization, right? So everything should have have a place. Yeah. Yeah, You have to do that. Mapping all the various activities, whether they're at the program level or the project level or even major task level, they have to relate to a strategy. The why, why are we doing this? And if it doesn't, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're wasting time, money, and resources. When I ran projects, I was always trying to keep the team focused on what do we need to achieve the benefit realization? If you're talking about doing things that don't directly feed the strategy map, why should we do it? Right. Oh, it's nice to do. No, we don't do it because it's nice to do. Right. We don't do it because we can do it. We do it because it fits into the strategic plan. It maps to the goals and objectives, and it has an explicit purpose for being in that program at that time. Exactly. Exactly right. Amen. Okay, good. So now we've got everyone understanding why it's so important and how to be involved in the process. Now let's talk a little bit about what those steps actually are. And I know we'll get to what the action taking resources, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, can we talk about the steps you actually take in strategic planning, what that looks like for those that may have not gone through it or those that have to validate? (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's actually fun to talk about that. The the steps in strategic planning, let me just say this. There are many different approaches to how to develop and build a strategic plan. Right. And there's no one right way. Yeah. But if we look at all the different successful models, Mm -hmm. then we find that most of the frameworks follow a certain process. Yeah. Step one is the analysis and assessment of the why. What's Mm -hmm. the problem? How have we analyzed this situation? So there's analysis. Step two is strategy formulation. Yep. And that could include testing several ideas before we end up selecting the ideas which are going to be most beneficial. So we have analyze and assess develop the strategy and test the ideas. Then we have execution. Mm -hmm. And again, as we've discussed, execution has to tie to the why. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing it? And then the fourth step is evaluation. How are we doing? 
One of the things that I love to use in teaching at, at many different concepts is the old Deming formula. Yep. Plan, do, check, and act on the difference. So I've just given you the plan, do, check, act. On a personal level, I tend to favor the balanced scorecard approach to strategic planning because it integrates the thinking from all different parts of the organization. There's the finance piece, there's the marketing piece, there's the HR piece, and it brings together all the pieces and some other models don't do that. Mm -hmm. But we've got to understand the big picture, what the financial stewardship is, customers, the stakeholders, the organizational capability, and what are the internal processes that we're going to use. At the macro level, the big four steps, analyze, formulate, execute, and evaluate, and Mm -hmm. feed that evaluation back in to make adjustments. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's the Betty Crocker version in (laughs) a couple minutes. (laughs) Well, and we're going to give them an action-taking resource that'll help walk them through these steps. But I want to just comment on something because as I'm listening to you say this, this is a very similar process that I take my students through when they're trying to build a PMO and or up-level their PMO. So we have mindset work they have to do first to understand the role of the PMO and what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Then we do assess for assessing the organization for what I call impact opportunities. Like what's the why? Why is your PMO there? And what should be solving? What business problems should it solve? Define, define the way that you're going to solve those problems, prioritize all of that based on that assessment and the pain points they recognize. Plan, you got to build your roadmap and they build 90 day roadmaps. It's like an iterative 90 day, every 90, every quarter, you kind of tweak what you're going to work on and how you're going to provide value. Deliver, duh, you got to put it in place and then sustain and evolve, which is all about measuring what you delivered and how you achieved the objectives that you laid out that all map back to that why, right? And you figure out what's the next step in your evolutionary process. So this is a very standard framework. Now, the magic is in how I help them do that. And that's why they're so successful, right? That's like under it. But that's the standard framework. Figure out what you're going to do, why it's important, define it, plan it, deliver it, and then evolve. Well, the devil's in the details, right? Of course. (laughs) If it was that easy, right? (laughs) Many of these things are much easier to talk about than to actually do. Sure. But at least we want to have the fundamental framework of understanding so that we're going after it the right way. The other thing I want to point out here, and it's interesting that the processes are really conceptually the same, Mm -hmm. but there's a really important continuous improvement mentality. Mm-hmm. This execute, you know, plan, do, check, and yeah. act on the difference. Yeah. Is we're constantly working to improve the effectiveness. Mm-hmm. We want to get better all the time. Right. It, it should be part of your gene pool. Right. And that's such an integral part to how the steps in the strategic planning process need to flow together. Right. Right. And you don't do a strategic plan, put it in the shelf and walk away. Right. If you do, you're, you, you've just wasted a lot of time and effort. Right. So think about the continuous improvement approach and how we measure. Right. Making sure we're measuring the right things. Right. Because we get what we measure. Right. right. So right. we want to be sure that we're measuring the right stuff. And we want to be sure that every component of it is consistent with the overall 
benefit realization for mm-hmm. the organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is so, so good. And I think that's, I hope that all of you impact drivers that are listening, understand like all of these techniques and ideas and approaches are going to help you figure out how to provide value and a very important service to the organization, which is going to help you get and keep your seat at the table in all of those conversations that are happening. So this is some really good stuff, John. I really appreciate it. So I want to talk to you really quick before we give them, talk to them about the action taking resource and what they should go do next. Can you talk a little bit about, you've mentioned to me this Association for Strategic Planning and the work that's happening there to develop a good strategic planning framework. Can you just talk a little bit about that before we wrap up? Sure. See, it's really important for your impact leaders to understand the resources that are available to them. Yeah. In, in 1999, an organization was created as a nonprofit called the Association for Strategic Planning. And as nonprofits are wont to do, they created a body of knowledge about strategic yeah. planning. Yeah. And over the years, that body of knowledge has evolved to include best practices In fact, I'm told that version three of their BOK is about ready to be released. And it's just a really good reference document. It's kind of like PMBOK for project managers. It's a good reference document to have. It has the thinking of a group of successful strategic planners. And I highly recommend that you go there to not only acquire the body of knowledge, but possibly participate in the association to have an opportunity to share ideas with similar people that are doing the same kinds of work you're doing. Right, right, absolutely. You can learn from that. All this stuff is important. Having a body of knowledge as a frame of reference will Mm -hmm. undoubtedly help you. I, I don't know how many times my students have told me that long after they graduated that they would go back and pull the book uh, Pimbach off the shelf to right. check something. What did he say about that? And, right. and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, and so that I think the, the body of knowledge from the association for strategic planning can play that role for you and give you opportunities to think about it, how mm-hmm. you're doing it in your organization. And if you're having challenges, the framework to think about and analyze those challenges so that, Maybe you have the aha light come on and say, oh, I know how to do that. I right. Can approach it. So right. we're going to provide a reference document for you with some of the thinking of uh, best practices and how to go about building a strategic plan. And so hopefully that's a useful reference for you. And we would add that to the body of knowledge. John, I have one more question for you based on this, because I'm thinking, what are our impact drivers thinking as they download this? And they're thinking, yeah, okay, this is great, but my executives don't include me in the strategic planning process now. What advice would you give them? I mean, we've given them the ideas and suggestions on, look, this is how you can be valuable, but what advice would you give them to maybe initiate that conversation with executives and say, hey, this is something that we could do to help you? Well, that's an interesting question, Laura. And of course, the classic Harvard Business School answer is it depends. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Uh, But I think it's better to to demonstrate than to talk. My approach might simply be whatever senior executives I have the most comfortable or direct access with is to say, how can we help you? 
Mm -hmm. We have these things that we have this knowledge. Can we be of help to you in building the plan? Wouldn't you like to test some of the ideas in the strategic plan before you roll it out as the way you're certainly going to go? I think the the notion of how can we help and being a resource is the way I would kind of approach it. And I've seen this stuff happen so many times, not only with me directly, but I've seen Mm -hmm. observed it in organizations where you start small, you take, you walk before you run. Right. And as you demonstrate and prove value, then it's logical that more and more is asked of you. Yeah. And so that's the approach I would typically take, Laura. And I hope that makes sense to your impact. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it absolutely does depend. And I think it's important to your earlier point, John, that sometimes our business leaders at the strategy development level may have lost a sense of the boots on the ground and may not understand that they don't all get it right? They don't all get what you get so intuitively at this level. The people doing the work don't necessarily get that. So one of the ways the PMO can help is to say, look, there's a gap here. I'm going to help you close that gap so that we can get the highest possible return on investment for your strategy. And so that we can be sure that the things that you want delivered can actually be delivered and look at all this data and information and just our own experience internally in this organization to support that when we have that alignment, we get better outcomes. So I think it's it's just a matter of putting them in a position where the only answer is, yes, I need you because you're either in the process already. And so you're helping to create that alignment or there's a gap and there's a pain point. Your business leaders are waiting for you to close and they just don't know that you can close it. And Laura, I mean, we all know that one of the earmarks of really successful leaders is that they know what they know and they know what they don't know. Exactly. And so if you can help them by feeling that we've lost touch with this. Yeah. 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 Then I think you've opened the door. And the chances of engaging in a more meaningful, longer term role are are there. Right. Oh, John, this is so good. All right, Impact Drivers, you have your action taking resource. You have your next steps to take right now. Go download it. Go look at the steps to prepare a strategic plan. Figure out where the gap is now so that you can make the case for helping your business leaders understand why it's so important for you to be involved in that process. And Just look out for that ROI to soar. Don't forget to sign up for University of Maryland's Virtual Project Management Symposium taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. Join me and tons of project management professionals from all around the world as you learn project management skills, knowledge, and gain valuable experience across four different keynote sessions, including mine about whether or not the PMO is dead, 55 individual sessions across five concurrent tracks on all the trending topics. This is your chance to join hundreds of your colleagues from around the world to gain really valuable insights with actionable information you can go apply right away across the most important topics that you need to know today to sharpen your project management skills Get those ever-important PDUs all at a great price for a fantastic experience. I can't wait to see you there. Make sure you don't miss one minute of the action and join me for my keynote session on whether or not the PMO is dead. 
To learn more and register today, go to pmsymposium.umd.edu. That's pmsymposium.umd.edu. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for being here with us today, John. This is fantastic. Thank you. It's always a, a pleasure to be with you, Laura. Take care. All right, Impact Drivers, we'll see you in the next session. Bye-bye for now. 